morning. Oh, man. Let me get a drink of water real quick. We've been talking about what faith is. We've been talking about how it's all about trust and obedience to God. How many of you believe this morning that his word trumps everything? You believe that? See, we've got to believe that because it's the very foundation of everything that we're doing. His word, not our way we think the word should go, not our own way that we want it to go, but yet what God says and what he has said is already established. And that is what we have to build our lives upon as believers. And that takes trust and obedience. That takes us walking in faith. And this morning I want to talk to you about one of the areas of our lives that we can walk in faith in. And that is the faith to be healed. So if you're taking notes, write that down as a title. We're going to talk about healing this morning. And as we were singing that song, Here in Your Presence, I was just thinking, everything has to bow to the name of Jesus. There is nothing greater. There is nothing higher. There, we sing that song, there is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. Everything has to bow to the name of Jesus. You know that? I, everything has to bow to the name of Jesus. No matter how frustrating it is, no matter how overwhelming it may seem, it's got to bow. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here this morning with me. I said, it's got to bow. Everything. I, I want you to get that this morning. It, it's got to bow. And so we're going to talk about healing this morning. I want you to just really grab a hold of what God will be speaking to your hearts today. A lot of people ask questions like, can God heal? I think that every one of us would say yes to that question. That's pretty straightforward. Can God heal? Yeah, I believe he can heal. Uh, I believe everybody would answer that with a confident yes, but the main questions in our mind when it comes to healing is not can he do it, it's will he do it. The main question that a lot of us have is will God heal? You see, we've heard great stories about how God has healed someone or done something great in someone else's life. We've seen miracles on television. Maybe we've even heard about scandal concerning people being healed. So the question I want to ask this morning and we're going to answer together is does God really heal people can I be healed, and what do I have to do to be healed? To find the answer to these questions, first, we've got to lay some foundation. So I want you to hang with me this morning. We're going to lay some foundation of redemption because the word redeem means to buy back, okay? You know, when you get a, a ticket or something that says redeem one or, you know, admit one, redeem, I'm, I'm exchanging this, I'm, I'm claiming something, this is my claim ticket, this is my redeeming. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did on the cross was he redeemed mankind back into right standing and right relationship with God. He bought back man. But to find out what he bought us back from and everything, I want us to go to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to look at the creation here in verse 26. Genesis 1 and 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion. Somebody say dominion. dominion. 
Another word for dominion is authority, dominion, have domain, have jurisdiction. That's my favorite word there is jurisdiction. As I look up the, the meaning of dominion, it's authority, it's a jurisdiction. In other words, this is my space, okay? This is my jurisdiction, just like police officers operate within the confines of their jurisdiction. This is exactly the same thing that God is doing. Not only has he made man according to his image, he said, but let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. Somebody say all. All, all the earth. See, all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So I want you to see something here. That when God created man... Not only did he just create man, but he gave him authority. He gave him jurisdiction. He gave him dominion. And in doing that, he gave him jurisdiction over all the earth. He said, I'm giving you authority. Now, is it man's authority? No. Man on his own has no authority. All authority has to be given. So God has given authority. So man is operating in that authority that has been given to him by God. Not on his own, but by God. He's operating in this authority over the earth and everything in creation was god's perfect will amen I, I want you to think about that for a minute here we're talking about authority we're talking about redemption and you're seeing how everything in creation the original intent that god had for mankind everything in creation was god's absolute perfect will so it was god's perfect will that man walk in authority and dominion okay it's God's perfect will. You see, there was no death. There was no disease. There was no sickness. God gave authority of the earth to man. Man had been given that authority that was delegated from God to rule the earth. Now, I want you to see something. Flip over just a few pages to Genesis chapter 3. Here's man in this garden of Eden that God has created, but yet that dominion wasn't just restricted to one localized area he said i'm giving you dominion over all the earth genesis 3 and verse 1 now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said to the woman has god indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden and the woman said to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god has said you shall not eat it nor shall you touch it lest you die then the serpent said to the woman you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, here is the woman that God created from Adam, Eve. She's in the Garden of Eden. Everything is perfect. We're right in the middle of God's will. We're operating in the authority and the dominion that God has given us. And God has given man, just like he does today, a choice. There's a choice of this tree that's in the middle of the garden. He said, it's in the midst of this garden. And God said, don't touch it because the day you touch it or you eat the fruit says you're going to surely die. Don't mess with this thing. You see, why would God do that? Was God just tempting them? No, I want you to understand what the father's doing. He's giving them a choice. Just like you and I very much have a choice today. It's almost like it's the same thing over and over again. And we're back in the garden of Eden and there's still that tree in the middle of the garden that you and I have a choice whether or not we want to touch and do and take part of the things that God told us we're not supposed to and the things that we're supposed to be separate from and stay away from because when you look at it Eve said God said we can eat of all of this fruit everything we can eat anything here but just this one thing we're not supposed to touch 
this one thing we're not supposed to mess with. I want you to get this. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband, who was with her there, and guess what? He ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave of the tree, and I ate. That's another sermon for another day. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, you're cursed more than all the cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. From, uh, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Adam called to his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also Adam, his wife, the Lord God, made them tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has come to be like one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he, uh, and now lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent them out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now we need to understand something. We just read about the fall of man, and I know a lot of you may have heard this before, but I want you to get a hold of what exactly just took place. In perfect, in God's perfect will, here's man operating in this authority. There's no sickness, there's no disease, everything is wonderful. They're walking in fellowship with God. They're walking as husband and wife with one another, enjoying the creation that God had made, and they were having dominion and authority over all of that stuff. But then here comes Satan, and Satan was after authority. I want you to get this, because Satan is after authority. You see, once man fell into sin by disobeying God, now that authority system had been switched. Man was no longer in authority because he had been given his authority, and he gave that authority over the earth to Satan. And if you, uh, if you ever wondered about this, this will help clear that up a little bit. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 5, you remember when Satan took Jesus to tempt him. And uh, matter of fact, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days, and here he is, he's hungry, and the first thing Satan tempts him with is, hey, just turn those stones to bread and eat, you know, and you'll, your belly will be full. And uh, Jesus said, no, man's not going to live by bread alone, but by every word of the Lord. But then Satan did something next that I want you to catch, and now you'll see what happened in creation. In Luke chapter 4 
and verse 5, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you'll worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only will you serve. I want you to catch this, what Satan said here. He said, I will give you all of this authority because it has been given or delivered unto me. Now, we got to understand something. Uh, this did not give the devil authority over God. Amen, somebody. Amen. Oh, ooh, wow. Mm. This did not give the devil authority over God, but rather it moved man out of the safety and protection and blessings of God because of disobedience. It was a life and death choice. You got to understand because of the fall of man that death entered into the world. Before that, you know, nobody was supposed to die. I mean, had, had no man ever, ever sinned and fell in the Garden of Eden and everything was as it was, we would still be hanging out with Adam today and he would have an awesome beard right? I mean, there would, we, it would be, there wouldn't be any death. There wouldn't be any sickness. There wouldn't be any disease. But we see here that because this authority system began to be switched, because Adam rightfully gave up, knowingly gave up what God had given him and what God had said, this is yours, he left that safety and protection and blessing of God. And understand, that's what disobedience does. Disobedience to God will actually take us to a place that we don't want to be. It's not that God is punishing us. It's that a lot of times we're reaping the benefits and the results and, the, and we're reaping the fruit of our poor decisions, right? We're all the time blaming God for our problems, blaming God, why is this situation this way, or blaming the devil when a lot of times it's neither God nor the devil. It's the fact that we're just not walking in line with God's perfect will for our lives because we choose not to obey and submit and trust Him. And therefore, we reap the benefits, or it's not really a benefit, but we reap the fruit, the result of poor decisions. And that's exactly where Adam was, and he, he was removed from that situation. Now, check this out. In the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verse 12, the Bible says this, Therefore, just as through one man... Sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, who was that man that we're talking about here? Adam. Just through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to men because all sinned. Now, understand that it's faith alone in Jesus Christ that reconnects us to God because sin separates us from God. Sin exiled us from our right relationship with God. This sin, this fall of man, now there is this sin nature. The Bible says that by nature we were children of wrath. We were sons of wrath by nature. It's something that we don't have to be taught. You know, you don't have to teach a little kid to lie. <laughs> Because by nature, there's this part of us that is just at enmity with God. And the only thing that can make us right with God is Jesus Christ. Amen? And it's our faith in Him that we're reconciled, that we're reconnected, that we're redeemed back into right standing and right fellowship with God. That's why Jesus had to come. 
A lot of people have a misunderstanding of exactly why Jesus had to come. They think that Jesus just came to forgive them of all of the bad things they've done. And that's true. Jesus did come and for- forgive you of all of your sins. But also, Jesus came to reconnect us into a right relationship with God from the fall of man. Are you seeing that? You got that? You see, that's exactly why Jesus had to come. And that's why works cannot earn you salvation. That's why works can't earn you redemption in the eyes of God. Because they tried it. There's a whole, uh, whole thing in the Old Testament. You see how men were constantly trying to be right in the eyes of God. And they were constantly trying to earn something that could only be bought through the blood of Jesus. And we see how Jesus was, how, how the, the types and shadows and, and all of the foreshadowing of Jesus that was to come to save and to redeem man into right relationship with God. And it's through that faith that we're connected to God through Jesus. He is our go-between. He is our high priest. He is our mediator. He's the one that took our place because by all right and because of our sin, we deserve death. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through who through our works no through faith in jesus alone is everybody okay today okay you got to understand works couldn't do it because no matter how good our works were we could never earn redemption and salvation because we're all disconnected through sin but because of redemption through the sacrifice of jesus the authority that was once forfeit in the Garden of Eden, has been restored to those who put their faith in Jesus. That is why it's not our authority, it's the authority of Jesus Christ. That's why there's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting already. Maybe I don't need to sit down. Maybe that's it. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus because there is authority in that name. And it's not my authority because Derek doesn't have any authority on his own. It is the authority through the name of Jesus that all this junk has to bow. It's because the authority that was once given up in the Garden of Eden when everything was perfect, now Jesus has paved the way for me to now once again walk in authority over the things that God intended for me to walk in authority over. I'm talking about victory and authority over sin, over addiction, over bondage, over fear, and over sickness and disease. Authority in Christ. That's what Jesus did on the cross. You see, it's so much more than just going to heaven when we die. It's so much more than just being a good moral person. It's so much more than just being a model citizen. And just waiting and abiding our time for Jesus to come back or for us to die and move on to the next life. It's more than that. There's more to this walk with God. Because people talk about in the sweet by and by, but I need help in the mean now and now. Amen? I need help right now when there is sickness and disease in this world as a result of the fall, as a result of this curse, as a result of disobedience. Whenever all this junk came and flooded the earth, death and sickness and disease and all this fear, all of this war, all this junk that just began to come in the earth, all of a sudden, I need help, but I can't do it on my own. Because I don't have that authority over that, I've got to have authority to walk over the things God intended for me to. And the only way I can do that is by faith in Jesus Christ and His Word. 
That's how we walk in authority, folks. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why you and I oftentimes are tricked and fooled by the enemy to live beneath our potential. And it makes me angry. It makes me angry whenever I see people living beneath the potential and the gifts and the things that God has given us to walk in authority over, but yet we're constantly living a life of defeat. We're constantly living a life where we're underneath the things that God intended for us to be over. Because let me tell you, you say, well, I'm in the world. I'm here in the midst of all this junk. I'm in the midst of all this chaos. Yes, but because of Jesus, because you've been bought with a price, you have now been translated to a different kingdom. You're a part of a different set of rules. You don't have to play by the world's rules. Because of Jesus, you don't have to play. Well, you know, I, my mother was this, and, and, and my grandmother had this, and my great-grandmother had this, so I guess I'm going to have it too. I, you know, arthritis runs in my family. You know, this kind of disease runs in my family, and all these things like that. Well, guess what? If you're in Christ, you have authority over that stuff, and that can be broken with you. You see, there was junk in my family. Uh, there was addiction to uh, uh, prescription drugs in my family that had run its course. And I had heard, well, great-grandpa was addicted to, you know, drugs and alcohol. And, and it wasn't like real drugs. It's just prescription drugs. But, yeah, they're, you know, and, and then, then this person was addicted. And this person, well, you know, you need to be careful that you stay away from these things. My family isn't even going to have to think about that and worry about that because with me, that line has been broken. Why? Because I'm so great? No, because greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. You see, that's why no weapon that's formed against me to take me out, that's designed to kick me out and to push me down, that's why it can't prosper, because I belong to Jesus. That's why this is such a great promise. That's why the authority of the believer is so crucial to us walking in victory in this day and age. That's why healing belongs to the believer because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And because all that junk that flooded in the world at the fall of man, when that authority was given up and Satan began to impose what he wanted to do, and all of this junk began to flood our lives, I don't have to play. Because of Jesus. Amen, somebody. Hello. Luke 10 and verse 19. Luke 10 and verse 19. Jesus said this to his disciples. He told them, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Somebody say all. Oh, I like that. All means all. And guess what? The Greek word for all is translated all. And Webster's Dictionary defines all as all. It doesn't mean partial. It doesn't mean just a little bit. All means all. A-L-L, all. It means all. Not just a little bit. It means all. He said right here that I have given you all. I have given you all power over the enemy. He said, I have given you power over all of the junk that the enemy would try to throw your way. Now, that word power, it really isn't translated power. Um, I mean, isn't really translated all. The word power there 
in the original Greek is the word exousia. And that word exousia means jurisdiction or authority. You remember us talking about that a little bit earlier? The jurisdiction and authority. That's exactly what he's saying that we have dominion over is the things that God has set for us to walk in victory and dominion over. You see, through Jesus, we have power or authority. We have authority, jurisdiction, and power over the devil. Now that we've uh, went through that, what does this have to do with healing? Well, Pastor, what does this have to do with healing? You were preaching on healing today. We talked about the Garden of Eden. We've talked about what's going on. You've got to understand something, that it is through Jesus that the blessings of God are available to us as believers. It is through Jesus and part of that blessing, part of that authority of the believer, part of that victory that you and I are supposed to walk in is not just over sin, not just over our finances and all these other things that we talk about, but it's also healing. I'm talking about physical healing. I'm talking about emotional healing. I'm talking about restoration. It's healing. Part of that is healing. You see, the authority of Jesus, the power of Jesus is what heals our sickness and our disease. And guess what, folks? It is available to us today. It's not something that was just for the disciples. It's not something that was just for Jesus' ministry so he could go out and prove who he was to everyone. Healing is available to us who are in Christ today. Amen, somebody? You see, sometimes we pray. We pray like we don't believe that sometimes. Sometimes we just say a prayer to believe or, or to trust God for healing, and we kind of treat it like a, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't, 50-50 shot in the dark. That's not faith. That's rolling the dice. <laughs> faith trusts God, and faith believes that God's word is true and stands on the word of God and trusts him no matter what. Amen? It doesn't look at it and go, well, uh, if he does it, great. If he doesn't, great. I'll be okay either way. I'll just get through it. No, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. Faith is active. Faith is moving. Faith is something that is, is actively working, that we're standing on, that we're trusting in, that we're believing in. Not just a roll of the dice. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. I've got to have something more than that. Don't you want something more than that? I want to be able to, be, to, to trust in God and know that what he said he will do, he'll do. Amen? That means that I can boldly stand on his word no matter what the circumstance and trust him because I know he's faithful. Amen, somebody. Turn to the book of Isaiah and the 53rd chapter. Oh, bless you, bless you. It's all over you. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. The prophet Isaiah here is prophesying about the coming Messiah who is Jesus Christ. And he says this is what he's going to do. Isaiah 53 and verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. 
and by his stripes we are what? We're healed. See, it wasn't anything we did. It was by the sacrifice of Jesus. That he took sin, sickness, disease. He took the whole of the curse from the book of Genesis when the man fell. He took the whole of our sin. Not just the bad things we've done. He took the whole of it and crucified it and nailed it on the cross. You see, he became sin. He became all of that and took all of that upon himself so you and I could walk in freedom and victory and healing. Amen? Is this helping anybody today? Now, I want you to see something about Jesus. A lot of people have, uh, have issue with this, but I want you to see this in uh, the book of Matthew and um, the fourth chapter. Book of Matthew, fourth chapter, and let's look at the 23rd verse. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people that were afflicted with very diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Now, something that you and I need to get that we need to understand here is Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. You see, the word of God will always stir your faith because Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? He went about teaching. He went about teaching. Listen, I am this one that was prophesied in Isaiah. He was teaching them the scriptures. They knew what the Messiah was supposed to do. They knew that there would be healing in his wings. They knew that by the stripes of Jesus, they knew that by the stripes of this Messiah that they were supposed to be healed. They knew that there was going to be healing in his wings. They knew there would be healing in his ministry. And because of that, because of the word of God, and because he was going about teaching about the kingdom of God and teaching about the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies, that their faith was stirred. And every time your faith is stirred, that is when you're positioned to be able to trust God to do something amazing in your life, whether that be healing, whether that be deliverance, whether that be uh, victory over something. It's when the word of God, you catch it and you get it, and you trust it, and you believe it, then you can have the faith that you're going to need to see God do what only He can do. Amen? Amen? You see, it's by the Word that faith is stirred. I want you to understand here that Jesus went about healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of diseases. You know, I have read the entire New Testament, and I have read all four of the Gospels. Wow! I've read all four of the Gospels, and you want to know what I found in there? I found Jesus healing all kinds of people. I found him doing all kinds of amazing works. But you know what I didn't find him doing? I didn't find him making anybody sick. I, I didn't see that, not one single time. I didn't see Jesus going, boop, sick, boop, healed. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see it, not one single time. You see, sometimes we have this crazy notion and i get it and i understand where it comes from but we have this notion that god is going to make us sick or that god is trying to make us sick to teach us a lesson let me tell you folks i don't find that in scripture amen i want you to get this 
because here's, there was an instance that happened one time when uh, Jesus went and cast the devil out of somebody. And the religious leaders said, oh, he's casting a devil because he's of the devil. And that's how he's doing it. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, yeah, guys. He said, come here, let me teach you something. He said, first of all, he said, how can Satan cast out Satan? How can you say I'm of the devil if I'm casting out a devil? He said, how can you say that? He said, that's not how it works because Jesus said this. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A kingdom that's divided against itself cannot stand. He said, how can Satan cast out Satan? It's, that's not, he's kind of, kind of defeating the purpose there. He said, so why would someone be made sick? Why would I be making someone sick to heal them? Why would I be possessing someone of a devil so I could deliver them? I mean, I don't see that in the word of God. But I, here's what I do see. Every time that someone came to Jesus and said, I need healing, or I'm blind and I want to see, or I'm a leper and I want to be cleansed, or I'm deaf and I want to hear, or that my daughter is dead and I want her to come back to life. You know what I saw every time in Scripture? I'll do it. I saw it every time. Every time I saw Jesus say, I will. The Bible said whenever there were uh, lepers that came and he, they said, Lord, if it's your will, heal us and cleanse us from this leprosy. And you know what Jesus said? He said, I'll do it. He said, I will. See, because he said, what I've come to do is I've come to restore things back to the way that they were supposed to be. I've come to restore things back to the original intention that God had for mankind. Yeah, you blew it. Mankind, you blew it. You ate of the tree. You shouldn't have. It unleashed all of this junk on the earth. Bad move. Big mistake. It's cost generations. But I'm here to make things right and restore things back to the way that God originally intended. I'm the only one that can do it. I'm the son of God. I'm the only one that can do it because I'm the only one without sin. As a matter of fact, check this out. Jesus was not even conceived through natural means, so his blood was not even a part of this sin bloodline of fallen man because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit by a virgin. Untouched, pure. And here he comes bringing a pure bloodline, and that blood was the only thing that was good enough to redeem man and buy us back and make us right with God and restore things to the way God originally intended them. I remember um, when I was, uh, I don't know, probably about 19 or 20, I was, uh, I was leading worship one night, and I'd had a rough day. Uh, we had Sunday morning and Sunday night services at the church I was, I was at as a youth pastor. And, uh, man, that day, I don't know what I did. I, I messed up my ankle like something bad, and I was hobbling along all day long in excruciating pain. I had to lead worship that morning, and I had to lead worship that night. And I didn't have a guitar. All I had was a microphone. And uh, here I am with this, with this microphone. I'm hobbling up to the stage. And Sunday morning, I'm up there, and I'm just, oh, I'm in excruciating pain. I'm putting all my weight on my right foot because it's just hurting so bad, and I'm just trying to bear through it, just smiling, grin, and just, you know, we were worshiping the Lord and singing, and I just can't wait. And then I just hobble on down, and we had, like, these steps, and I'm, oh, having a hard time getting down and all day long that made it worse it made it swell and it was hurting i thought i don't know how i'm going to go back and lead worship at church that night and i just began to sit on the couch and then i said 
I'm going to trust God to heal my ankle. And I began to speak the word over that thing. And I said, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God, you're the one that created my body. You're the one that knows how every joint and how every bone and every muscle and every tendon is supposed to fit perfectly together. God, I pray that you would restore that back to the way it's supposed to function. In Jesus' name, I thank you for my healing. I thank you for it, and I'm going to act like I'm healed, and I'm going to walk in faith and trust you because I believe that you have healed me because your word says it, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I prayed that prayer, and I believed that prayer. And I, and I had faith in God's word and I was trusting. But guess what, folks? Still in pain. Anybody been there? Still in pain. And you know, I walked back up on the stage that night here. It's time to lead worship. And, you know, I'm just, I actually, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, oh, gosh. And I grabbed my microphone and I just kept saying it. By his stripes, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I trust in you, God. I thank you for my healing. I trust you, Father. And I just begin to thank the Lord for my healing. I start worshiping the Lord. Next thing you know, I start noticing that something's just happened to my leg. All of a sudden, this pain has left my body. And I'm going, wait a minute. I mean, it was worse that night than it was that day. And I had absolutely no pain in that thing. And I started walking around a little bit. And I was kind of nursing it a little bit, you know. I was like, and I was like, I don't have any pain at all and that started jumping around when i was leading worship you guys couldn't see me jumping around getting excited about anything could you but uh, i i was I, I started worshiping god and i was just jumping and I, I don't feel any pain at all and i shut the worship down and i said hang on everybody's got to stop i said i have to give a testimony he said god has just healed my leg i said because god i, I trusted him and you guys saw me hobbling all day at church and you saw how much pain i was in even getting up here on the stage and he's just healed my leg praise god thank you jesus let me tell you, folks, God is in the healing business. Now, when would I have wanted that thing to happen? I'll tell you when. Whenever it started hurting that morning. But I had to walk in faith and trust him even when it didn't feel very good. And he brought about the healing. And I, was able to, and I, and I began to thank him for it before I saw that manifestation in my life. You see, I know that not everything happens instantly. Maybe not everything may happen that way that I just gave you that story. But here's the thing that you've got to get, and I want you to understand. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed then, he's still in the healing business today. And if you're struggling with sickness and disease, and if you're struggling with emotional scars and pain, let me tell you, the God that healed yesterday still wants to heal today. The God that healed your pastor's ankle 10, 12 years ago wants to heal you today. Amen? He's still in the miracle working business. He's still in the healing business. And he still is for you and not against you. And he still has given you authority to walk over the things that he intended for you to walk in authority over. Amen? But here's the key. One claps, everybody claps. And the reason we do that is because you don't ever want to make that guy feel like he's alone right come on yeah but here's the thing now faith somebody say now faith is the evidence now faith is the evidence now i want you to get this look at that now faith you see what kind of faith the now kind of faith the faith that is now the faith that trusts right now the faith that believes god right now it's easy to believe god after he's already done it right at like, at, whoa, my ankle feels better. Whoa, now I believe you, God. Now I trust you. You must have been for real about that thing. 
Anybody can do that, folks. But faith is now, and now faith is the evidence. That means when I don't feel it, when I don't feel like it. Does it mean you're lying? No, it means I'm trusting in God's word. It means I'm trusting in his word. I, I, I believe, yeah, I don't feel it right now. And you can be honest to say that. You're not going to lose your healing because you say you don't feel good. But you can say, I'm still trusting God for my healing. I'm still believing his word and believing that what he said is already established. I'm walking in authority as someone who belongs to Jesus Christ, who is connected to God, who is walking in the authority of the believer that he has given me through his sacrifice. And I believe in that. And I believe that his word is forever settled and forever true. You see, we have to trust in God with a now faith mentality. That's what Hebrews 11 and 1 says. says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. That means when we hold on to his word, no matter how we may feel or how things may seem in any area of our lives. I want to share uh, just a few more things with you before we go this morning. Is everybody okay? All right. Um, I was... I think I was about uh, 12, 13 maybe, and um, I had just gotten this really, really bad fever, and man, I was just, I, I just was miserable. You know how you get real achy and stuff when you have a fever, and you just, oh, you're just miserable, and I was just so miserable, and my cousin from Texas was coming up to visit, and my cousin and I were, she was probably my closest cousin, and I was so excited that they were coming up, and they didn't get to come up very often because they lived really far away. And now she's coming up to visit, and guess what? I've got this fever, and I'm just like, man. But I've been taught faith. I've been taught healing. I've been taught to trust God for my healing. And I was just so just distraught because my cousin's coming down. I didn't know what to do, so I called my pastor. And, uh, and, uh, and he wasn't available. And uh, pastor's wife was, though, and I talked to her. Her name was Tommy. And I said, Miss Tommy, I said, I, I, I just don't feel well. I, I said, I just really want Pastor to pray for me. I said, my cousin's coming down. I said, I just, I feel terrible. And she said, well, I'll tell you what. She said, I'll have him call you. But until he calls you, I want you to get a hold of this scripture. She gave me a scripture to stand on. She said, and I just want you to read that scripture until you believe it. And I said, okay. And she said, I mean, read it and say it out loud until you really get it, until you believe it, until it gets down in your heart. And so here I am, I'm reading the scripture, and I'm just like, okay, I'm reading it over and over again, I'm speaking the word, and I'm just like, man, I just feel terrible. And sometimes when you feel like that, the last thing you want to do is read, or the last thing you want to do is speak the word. Can't pastor just pray for me? I mean, come on. I mean, wouldn't that? But what I didn't realize is that she was teaching me something. She was trying to help me and teach me. She's trying to get me to stand on the word for myself. Because it's great that you have people in your life that are available during those times of need, that are available during those times of weakness to help encourage you. But let me tell you, those people aren't supposed to be a crutch. We need to grow. I said those people aren't supposed to be a crutch. We're supposed to grow. To be able to stand on our own. You know, Jesus said, guess what, guys? I'm going to leave. And it's actually going to be better for you that I leave. And they're like, What? What could be better than Jesus being here? Jesus said, actually, it's better for you that I go away. He said, because if I don't go away, he said, then the comforter, the Holy Spirit can't come. And he's going to aid you and assist you and enable you to do things here on this earth that are going to be just awesome things. Be able to further the ministry that I have started. Be able to 
found the church and be able to do great things. But, but, so it's actually better for you that I go away. What? And I don't want you to get dependent on my being here. I want you to know that you can stand on what I've already given you. Amen? But anyways, I, he ended up calling and... Uh, and when he called, he said, he used to call me little brother and little Arab. I'm not sure why he called me either of those, actually. Um, like, hey, little Arab, this little Derek. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'm going to pray for you. That's literally how he talked, by the way. He said, I'm going to pray for you. He said, but have you been doing what my wife told you to do? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you know you can stand on your own for healing. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, I'm going to pray for you. He said, but I want you to know you can stand on your own. And he prayed. And immediately, on the phone, that fever broke. And I was able to enjoy my time with my cousin. It was, it was wild. I mean, I, uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of stories in, in my life that I could say there were instant things. But I just remembered as I was preparing this message, those two things that were just right on the money. They were, right, they were, they were really instant things that happened. Uh, and, and I just saw an instant turnaround and an instant change. And it was because of faith in the Word. That's what it all went back to. When I looked and said, Every time I've experienced a healing in my life, or every time I've experienced a miracle working power of God in my life, it always goes back to the Word. Amen? See, God's Word is true, and I choose to believe it, not the other way around. A lot of times we have this mentality that if we choose to believe something, then that makes it true. It's not how it works. The Word of God is true, and I choose to believe it because it is true whether I believe it or not. Amen? You see, I have to trust in God, walk in the authority of Jesus Christ, that by His stripes I am healed. Let me share with you just one more scripture before we go. Romans chapter 5, we read verse 12 about how through one man's sin and death entered the world. And that was talking about Adam. But I want you to see the other side of this. Romans chapter 5 and verse 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners... So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. See, by one man's offense, Adam, sin, sickness, and disease, and death entered into the world. But by the man, Jesus Christ's obedience, we are redeemed from that curse. We can walk in God's desire, in God's will, here on the earth, not in the sweet by and by, but right here in the mean now and now. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to begin to trust God and speak the word with confidence concerning your situation. So many of us want to glorify the problem and we want to glorify the trouble or the pain. And that's all we want to talk about is all the bad negative things going on in our lives. We need to turn that around. And let's not speak the problem all the time. There's nothing wrong with going and getting help and sharing some your issues with somebody or asking someone for help. But let me tell you something. If we're talking that more than we're talking the solution, when we have the solution, there's something wrong. What are we really after? Are we just after someone's pity? Are we just after someone to feel sorry for us or want to do something for us? Or do we really want help? Do we really want the situation to change? I choose to talk about the solution more than the problem. Amen? Amen. That's why I thank God for my staff. Because when they come to me with the problem, they already know they have a solution in mind. We just don't sit around and talk about problems all day. We've got better things to do than just sit around and gripe about all the things that we need to fix. Amen? 
Let's talk about solutions. I've got the solution. It's right here. It's the Word of God. Oh, you guys are getting sleepy on me. I said, we've got the solution. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is the answer. It's the solution. So don't glorify the sickness. Don't glorify the addiction. Don't glorify the problem and the circumstance. Begin to glorify the Word of God and let that become bigger in your life. And trust in it. And trust that God is going to do what He said He would do. So speak the truth of God's Word concerning your healing of your physical body. I believe that also can apply to your emotional life as well. Speak the Word, speak the truth, and trust that God is still your healer. Amen, somebody. Would you bow your head this morning? Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It's through Jesus' sacrifice that all of this is available. It's through what he did on the cross, what he took upon himself, what he did in the death, burial, and resurrection that you and I have an opportunity. And how your life changes is that you trust that that was good enough to make you right with him and you invite him to live in your life and to make you new and to forgive you of sin and to make you right with God and to put you on the right track and to begin to submit to Him and walk in that authority because you remember to walk in that authority we have to walk in obedience and submission because it's that authority that He gives us and it's not something we should step outside from and operate in our own will and our own authority and maybe you're here today and you say pastor for the first time I, I think I get it now I think I really understand why Jesus had to come. And I really understand that I have a desperate need for Him. I have a desperate need in my life to be right with God. And I see that now and I get that more than ever before. It's clear to me. Or maybe you've accepted Christ or you've said a prayer, but you said, I still didn't really get it, but now I, I really get it. And I want to renew that commitment to Him and make that commitment to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you in this place, I just want you to let me know you're here just by lifting your hand and putting it back down. I see those hands. You can put them back down. I see that hand. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anyone else. It's very important. You, you, I, I see it. I get it. I understand, and I'm ready to make that move. Church, would you help me pray today? Can we all just repeat this prayer today? Say, Jesus, I understand why you had to come forgive me for my sin and make me right with you Jesus come into my heart take leadership of my life and I'll follow you wherever you lead I trust in your word and I have the faith to follow you in Jesus name Amen would you look back up here this morning if you said that prayer?